Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Not a Recipe podcast. My name is Jacob Lively, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Quivola. Hey, hey, what's up, man? Uh, so today we are going to be talking about pickling, uh, specifically anaerobic, like uh, vinegar, briny, quick pickles, that kind of thing. Um, we're, this is going to be a two-part episode, so the next episode we're going to be talking about fermentation um, and fermented pickles, but we're going to keep it simple and keep it quick for this one. Um so I'll go right into it. Preserved foods, uh, especially pickles, have always been kind of an object of fascination for me, uh, primarily because it's it's kind of like our most essential culinary connection to the past. Uh, we've come totally. a long way as far as preservation methods go to such a degree that pickling is like it's antiquated to the point of being really no longer necessary. Uh, but it, it captures like our, our culinary attention in a way that other foods don't. Um, beca- maybe because it's been around for so long or... Um, Maybe just because they're so goddamn delicious, but... Uh. Yeah, I think that there's something to be said for <laughs> that, like, acidy, pickly, vinegary bite. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just think that, like, even when it's not necessary anymore, like, you can't help the fact there's that... There's nothing quite sometimes, like it. It's, yeah. not, it's not quite citrus. There's nothing adds... Yeah. So, but and like, it doesn't... Nothing else adds acidity the way a pickle does. Right. Because, in it, like, it comes with acidity, sweetness, and texture. Right. It brings so much to the table that it like, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's necessary anymore. We fucking love it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, <laughs> oh, got sorry. Like I I try, I'm trying not to curse on this podcast. <laughs> no, it's so OK. We got, we're going to do the claim to all of our PG rated, <laughs> you know, viewers. It'll all be listening. censored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's so it's it, the crazy thing to me is, that, you know, have stuff like sauerkraut, kimchi, you know, dill pickles on a burger, pickled banana peppers on your public sub or whatever. But they're, the omnipresence of pickles, especially in Western cuisine, is kind of baffling to me because it's they have this play, flavor profile, just like you were talking about, that's it's delicious, obviously, but it's not really like emblematic of what we think of when we think of the American palate. We think of, For sure. you know, like rich, fatty condiments like mayonnaise, like meaty, savory, um, with lots of like sugary sweetness, you know, <laughs> dextrose. <laughs> but... Pickles are like bitter and crunchy and briny and like vinegar forward. Um, and I, I think it's just because they provide this sort of necessary complement to the, the the rich fatty or the sugary sweetness. But they're they're some of the most it's like exactly what I was going to say. It's like yeah. exactly what I was going to say. It, was that the whole reason we love it so much is because it fits those exact things that it doesn't. Uh, it's the complement. Right. To it's all like of a those necessary mainstays. counterpoint, because I think at yeah. some point, like even our even the most decadent palate, you just like you get exhausted when you're eating nothing but like super creamy stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the word pickle itself comes from the Dutch pickle, meaning brine, uh, referring obviously to the aqueous component of pickles. Um, pickling has likely been around since as early as 3000 BC, um, probably even earlier. But uh, we've we've found uh, vinegar and traces of biotic material in urns uh, dated to around then uh, in ancient Egypt. Not we, as in Mark and I, you know, just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we went out on a dig. We're not. Yeah, we were yeah. able to confirm. We're this, not pickle you know? archaeologists. Um, I met Indiana Jones. Nicolas Cage was there. Is Nicolas Cage an archaeologist in the? I actually <laughs> in those movies. Dude, I have I, I don't no know. idea. I, don't know. <laughs> I wish those movies didn't exist, but. <laughs> For the sake of this podcast, let's assume he well, is. Well, too fact, bad. I brought him up. I reminded you. Well, pickles are a national treasure. So, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> our first confirmed Boom. historical account of pickles, though, like that for sure, for sure, dates to about uh, 2030 BC when cucumbers native to what is now India were immersed in salty liquid um, and have 
been the most historically important and prevalent method of food preservation since then, uh, probably just due to the ease of the pickling process. When you think of, so I'll take a brief aside here. When you think of like some of the more complex methods of pickling that we've, or not pickling, but food preservation that we developed, stuff like smoking, um, like really any kind of charcuterie, like salting meats, um, canning. Yeah. They're, they're kind of complicated. Like they involve For sure. foreknowledge and, you know, stuff like cheese obviously involves a lot of luck. Um, and also like a lot of preparation ahead of right, time. Yeah. Like you just have, yeah. there's this, you have to know what you're doing before you do it to do it. Right. Exactly. But with pickling, yeah. as long as you know what vinegar is, you're pretty much done. <laughs> like that's the whole thing. That's, <laughs> that is the burden of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, pickling itself refers to the property of foods to react to large concentrations of salt in an acidic environment. Um, and that, that triggers something called lacto-fermentation. So essentially the pickling environment begins to convert food sugars into lactic acid, which gradually increases the acidic content of the brine, the liquid that the pickles are submerged in. Um, that's why pickles seem to get better over time. Uh, the longer the pickle is allowed to rest, the greater the acid concentration of the brine and the greater the transformation of the raw material. Uh, the flavor of the pickle can be manipulated by method, uh, amount of salt added, the acidic medium, uh, you know, aromatics, any of that stuff. But, yeah, any aromatics yeah. added, yeah. But the result is fundamentally going to be the same, just this small, bright, sour crunch of the divine. Um, so like <laughs> I said, this episode is going to be a two-parter. Today we're going to talk about the simple method, which is just quick pickling. Um, and it's the liquid submersion method that our listeners are probably going to be the most familiar with. The example you'll be the most like intimately acquainted with is probably like jarred supermarket uh, butter pickles or kosher dills, just the pickles that everybody loves. Yeah, or, or like whenever you look up a recipe online for uh, uh, refrigerator pickles. Yep, exactly. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. Because like it, just the, you know, the divide we're going to draw here is between when you add vinegar to something, you don't need to worry a lot about bacteria growing in it for at least, you know, some amount of time, exactly, right? Yeah. Um, because it's so acidic to begin with. So the other episode is going to deal with specifically salt brining, which is a little bit more nuanced because there you're dealing with promoting the growth of certain bacteria. Promoting and managing, lowering, yeah. Exactly. Promoting particularly good bacteria while still staving off things like botulism. Yep. Right? So we'll talk about botulism on that episode because... This episode, we don't need to worry about it. That's yeah, there's why not a lot of like food safety It's like the concerns. easiest way to get a delicious pickle is through doing quick pickling and cooked pickle method like yep. we're going to talk about today. For sure. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's about all I have to say about what we're going to cover today. So, uh, getting right into it, Mark, what's like your, your general method for, say, like a classic kosher dill? Okay, so um, – a lot of when you get a kosher dill pickle from uh, from the store, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, one of the things I can say, it, like, how about this? I want to start with the fact that all of us like to buy pickles, right? And pickles are good to buy from the store, but don't buy the ones that you're going to find out at room temperature on the shelf, right? Because they've been canned, heated up inside of themselves. That's why they come out mushy and not very tasty. A good at pickle all. should, if I think, have a yeah. very. It should be crunchy. There's just there are very few it vegetables that you can not treat in a way to make a crunchy pickle. And it should still taste a little bit like whatever vegetable you're pickling. Yes, not right? just straight up. Um, that's a big. I think that's a big mistake totally. that uh, a like. You know the big, big pickle makes, but yeah, big big pickle trying to hold us down. You know, 
but a lot of a lot of beginners too. If you're you're Brian, you don't want it to be just vinegar. Mark is a huge proponent, and I am too. Of uh, rather than establishing like specific amounts of liquid, um, ratios are more important to understand, especially when we're talking about pickling. Yeah. So what's your and, and when we're talking about like when we're talking, you know, this is not a recipe. And one of the things that I always. Uh, one of the things I always think about um, with that kind of mentality, the idea of learning to cook, not learning to cook a recipe, learning to cook as a technique, as yeah, a craft, exactly. right? Um, the concept of ratios and parts is very important to at least the way that Jacob and I cook, I know, right? Absolutely, um, yes. You know, I, in my head, I have like, what's the uh, 831 is a barbecue rub, for example, Right. That's uh, eight parts sugar to three parts salt to uh, one part everything you can find. Right. Keep adding parts of whatever else you want to. Right. But those kinds of things, I have that memorized. Right. And um, it's not that I had to memorize it actively. It just kind of sinks in over. Yeah. And especially when you're you're experimenting, you know, you you kind of discover what Mm -hmm. your ideal ratios are, because a lot of I think one of the big problems with recipes is that it promotes uh it promotes this idea of cooking as being like particularly rigorous or like if it if it's not if it doesn't taste a specific way exactly like the recipe then you did it wrong then it's cooking not should right. be about preference right especially if you're cooking yeah. for yourself so some people are going to prefer a sweeter pickle if that's the case then you're going to want to add less vinegar and more sugar in your brine um, some people sure. want a really briny like bright acidic pickle in that case you're going to add a more vinegar less sugar less water um, mm-hmm. but what would you say your, your ratio is for just like your basic standard yeah. quick pickle, like cucumber say? So, um, the ratio that I've kind of come up with that has worked out for me on several occasions is okay. Um, depending on your tolerance for the acidity, right? So I'm kind of a vinegar freak. I really always have yeah, been. Same. It's something that it's something like when I cook for people, sometimes they're like, this is really sour. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's <laughs> this like, is, this is nothing. You, you know, I toned it down. Yeah. That's like nothing, dude. Yeah. I like, I want my face to pucker up. I really love that. But Jacob and I are both really intense flavor people. We like spicy food. We like really gingery horseradishy stuff, you yeah, know, that 100%. kind of intense uh, flavor experience, right? Because there's like a physical aspect to it, right? It's yeah, awesome. absolutely. So, yeah, totally. And I think that's really important. But so for me, um, I usually do about one and a quarter to one and a half parts vinegar to one part water. That's now literally other, exactly a lot what of. I do. I'm one and a, I'm a, one and a quarter. That's guy, perfect. Yeah. yeah, exactly. One and a quarter, I think, is like the spot on place right for sure because a lot of things you're going to see online are going to talk about doing one-to-one water to vinegar i just think that that i just think that's just it's um, not it's not enough it's just not enough no i just think think you just need a little bit more vinegar too it makes your brine really weak bodied too so you just and maybe if you have like really good really high quality vegetables and you want to uh you want to showcase that vegetable for sure yeah right you know, we were talking, Jacob and I were talking about pickling Romanesco because Romanesco is in, um, is in season, yeah. right? And that would be really good stuff to do with the milder brine, uh, you know, like the milder pickling. For sure, solution. because those are, it's just, it's, right? a, it's kind of a delicate vegetable. You want to be able to preserve that flavor. And it's, it's already impossible. kind of like, and you want, like, you don't want to kill the, uh, the funky flavor of Romanesco with too much vinegar. Right. Right. 
So like broccoli and Romanesco, you know how when you cook broccoli and it kind of smells like farts, right? <laughs> the thing is that like when you do that, like that's part of the reason you enjoy it. That's creating like umami flavors, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of what that stank is, right? So if you're trying to preserve a little bit of that flavor from whatever vegetable you're using, then you might do a weaker brine. Um, but so I normally do like Jacob, uh, one part water to one and a quarter vinegar. And then I think that this is like a really good thing to remember is you put a quarter, the amount of salt as you have water. Okay. And then uh, I'm sorry, not a quarter salt. I misspoke. Oh my God. Um, a quarter part sugar. This is right. going to be a relatively sweet pickle, right? I'm sorry. I, I said salt. Don't quote yeah, me on that. Do not Don't do, do that. salt. Don't do That's it. too much salt. Yeah. That's way too much salt. Um, but so uh, if you have a cup of water, then you're going to do a quarter cup salt. Okay. Um, a quarter cup sugar. sugar. <laughs> I, did it again. I literally did it again. Somebody's going to somebody's going to send in a letter and be like, I fed it to my older mother and she died from salt poisoning. Too much sodium. You know, it's like, yeah, the second episode and we're already opening Just, ourselves up. We, to like Remember how we were talking about how there's no you know? health risk associated with quick pickling. Don't put a quarter yeah, cup exactly. of salt in your pickles, please. Uh, not a recipe uh, uh, waves all liability for you know. <laughs> not a murderer either. Yeah, exactly. Not not a recipe, not a murderer. That's our tagline. But so, um, uh, a quarter part sugar to the water, and then a quarter of the sugar amount salt. Okay. Right. I like to add a little bit more salt than that. So, like, when if let's say that if we're talking a quarter of um uh, like wait it's the it's four tablespoons to a quarter uh a quarter cup so the idea would be like you know um uh do a tablespoon heaping tablespoon of, of salt. salt to if you're using a cup of water right yeah so that's about right. yeah, like to go through it again is like one and a quarter vinegar one part water a quarter of the water's worth of sugar and a quarter's worth of the sugar's worth of salt. Yeah, right? and we'll we'll write it yeah. out in the show notes so that it's not. Yeah, exactly. This <laughs> will, I, really I know that's probably hard to follow, loud, yeah. but the truth. Yeah, exactly. But the truth of the matter is, once you keep that in mind, if once you know that the idea here, like, and the reason we want to talk about parts, is because you can alter this recipe and like this not a recipe in so many different ways. Because the idea is, water stays the same. Okay. Salt generally stays the same. You know, you're going to use kosher salt. Okay. But two things that definitely do not stay the same are sugar and vinegar. Right. Right. So if you use, for example, I love to use uh, instead of white raw sugar, like white regular uh, refined sugar, I mean, Mm -hmm. I use turbinado sugar in most things. Right. Because it carries a little bit of extra molasses. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you can alter the sugar you use. You can even use honey if you really want to or agave nectar. Yeah. Right? And the more um, the, the, the denser we, your sugar is, the more like syrupy quality your brine is going to have. So you can yeah. you can create a really interesting like full bodied brine. Well, actually, exactly. Because you can get, get into, it to kind of stick to it a little bit. Yeah, right? exactly. Before we get super into specific, let's just talk about the actual method that we're talking about here today. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That well, before we get Mark into just, the variations. I think yeah. Right. The ratio that Mark just talked about, what you're going to do. So one and a quarter vinegar, uh, one part water, um, and then a quarter part sugar to the, a quarter of the water, obviously, uh, and then a quarter of the quarter of the sugar and salt. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to bring that mixture to a boil, 
Um, you're going to stir everything, make sure it's thoroughly. You're going to add whatever aromatics you have once it comes to a boil. Um, and then all you're going to do is take that mixture. And once it reaches that rolling boil, you're just going to pour it over whatever your prepared vegetables are. That's it. And it's like that simple. Yeah. And then obviously you're going right? to let it. So you'll let that mixture. I would generally what I do is I take like a big non-reactive metal bowl. Um, I have all my cut up vegetables in that bowl. Uh, and then I add the mixture directly to the bowl and then I let it cool off at room temperature for maybe an hour and then I throw it in the refrigerator let it cool off for three or four more hours um, generally for a quick pickle to reach like full flavoredness it takes about eight hours and then it'll continue to improve over time especially if you add a bunch of aromatics but totally um, but yeah that's the that's the basic I mean it, re- it really is that easy it's like that straightforward and what's amazing is that um, there are you can do this in really small batches. Oh yeah. Right? Like that's I, another thing that pickles, I love. Just one jar. Yeah. That's all. I mean, well, and not even a jar. I'm talking like you can do that. Like you and your girlfriend are having dinner. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you have a small saucepan, do this recipe, but do it with a half cup of water. Oh yeah. Totally. Right. And pour it over two Kirby cucumbers. Right. And you have dope pickles for that evening. Yep. Right. And that's like a really and and that's another thing that I think is kind of um, problematic about going to. I mean, I really love Bon Appetit and Sever and Food and Wine. Like those recipes are great, dude. Like Bon Appetit's everyday cooking recipes are great. I'm not trying to shit on it. What I can say is that all of those recipes are for like six to eight people. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. The, and and that's that bananas. Which is not always yeah, the case. and that's like not what so many of us who like to cook are actually trying to do. Yeah, We're trying to like on a Wednesday have something really. <laughs> yeah, nice I'm not to trying eat, to right? cook for like my entire family on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if I'm cooking for my whole family, there's more planning going on than me going to Bon Appetit and seeing what I can make tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so the thing is that um, I think that when you have those ratios down. Right. It makes it so much easier to scale down. Yeah, totally. Right. That's why. And that's why. Which ratios is like are a, a lot big deal to, for me to understand than like having concrete. amounts. Because yeah. a lot of people don't know the conversion happens at different scales, too. So, you know, if you're using yeah. a, a gallon of water and a gallon of and, a you know, when you're when you're getting to, to huge scale pickling, your ratios are going to change slightly. Um, mm hmm. But that doesn't like a recipe is never going to help you with that. A recipe is just never going to tell you how to make, <laughs> you know, a, an industrial yeah, exactly. amount of pickles. Uh, but if you just understand <laughs> yeah, exactly. the, the ratios that we're talking about, um, you can apply those on a wider scale. Absolutely. So and so I think and so what we were saying, like to, to bring it back to the, the technique here, um, doing the what we're just talking about here the cooked pickle as uh jacob and i kind of call it and i think most people call it when you heat the uh heat the vinegar brine solution okay heat it to dissolve everything and pour it over what's going on is that when you pour the hot liquid over some particular vegetable okay what's going to happen is that the heat when the heat hits the vegetable it's going to how about this it's going to draw moisture out of the vegetable just because the uh, the brine itself is hot. Okay. Right. So that's number one. Just because it's hot, it's going to draw moisture out of the vegetable. Okay. Because it is hot, it is also going to try to force itself in the place of, of the that moisture being, being drawn yep, from the precisely yep, drawn out of the vegetable. Okay. Now on top of that, 
the salt and the sugar that we add to this whole process that facilitates the dehydrating process of the actual vegetable in order to facilitate the osmosis of the brine into the vegetable. Yep. Okay. Precisely. Um, and another thing to say, and I think we'll get into this momentarily when we talk about um, uh, raw quick, quick pickles, which are even quicker than what we're talking about right now. Um, but if you want to, if you really want to get down with it, you can salt your vegetables ahead of time. Yeah, I was just going right? to bring this point up because it. Yeah. If, when you do that, you're it, also drawing mm-hmm. moisture out. You're pre-drawing the moisture out, so it's going to be even more immediately replaced by the brine, which gives you a. And you can even rinse the. You can even rinse the salt off afterwards if you're concerned about your pickles being too salty. Mm-hmm. Right. But really, all you need is like you know a half teaspoon of kosher salt, on like you know. Uh, three pickles cut in half is yeah. going to produce a lot of 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 uh, water pretty quickly. Yeah, for you're sure. You're going to lose a lot of water weight, which is a good thing. Losing water weight from the vegetable is a good thing because the whole idea is we want to replace that kind of, um, uh, you know, the kind of vegetable flavored water with this like marinating solution. A way to think about vinegar pickling is that it's less about making something preserved and more about imparting flavor. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Well, especially in modernity, like it, exactly, we, we don't need to. Yeah. You know, we're not like saving saving this this winter's vegetables for the rest of the season. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I just think that, like, um, even if you like, the thing is because the acid is so caustic of having a vinegar pickle. The issue is not that it doesn't uh, stay safe to eat. It's that it may, over a longer period of time. Uh, uh, be less tasteful. In other words, it, it the pickles will start to get soft for sure over yeah. time, right? and they'll they'll also so we'll we, get into this yeah. a little bit uh, when we when we talk about like the sort of the uh, nutritional aspect of pickles. But also, the longer yeah. that a pickle sits in brine, the more nutritive value is going to be leached into that brine. Um, Absolutely, which is why drinking pickle juice is uh, is a good thing to do. Mm. I, I like drinking pickle juice. Yeah, I, get, <laughs> I, know, I actually but... do want to talk about the use for uses of a brine after the actual physical pickle is gone. Um, so then, wait, I wanted to say one one more thing was just like to finish that thought. The idea yeah. is that when we get to when we get to salt brining and more like anaerobic fermentation in the next episode of our pickling series, right? When we talk about that, that those kinds of pickles stay um, at a good texture and consistency for longer because they are less acidic. Yeah. I'm t- speaking slowly because I'm making sure I'm saying the exact right thing. I no, no, to no, say. you're 100% um, correct. Yeah. Because if you have it, when you have a really acidic brine, like we're talking about now, the pickles that you make with a cooked pickle me- method, even though they will be safe to eat for an extended period of time, truly an extended period of time, the pH is not going to go over the unsafe level yeah it's going it, like there's a lot of vinegar in this right it's gonna stay safe to eat for a very extended period yeah of time. by the time it's like Especially, unsafe to eat the in actual fridge, biotic you know? material in the pickle will probably have just disintegrated in the acidic solution exactly right so the issue the issue is not that it won't be safe to eat in four weeks it's that in four weeks it might be starting to get a little soft a little you know broken down yeah so the thing is that when we talk about the um uh that's why i like to say that this method is more about imparting flavor and less about preservation not because it doesn't preserve but because the method by which it preserves also compromises the integrity of whatever you're pickling a hundred percent yeah 
And then uh, that's exactly what I wanted to say. Talking, yeah, no, <laughs> I you, crushed you that. It, yeah. That was a great explanation. <laughs> Absolutely destroyed. You're welcome, <laughs> dude. That was yeah. sick. Um, so talking about flavor, actually, one more thing. When we're talking about uh, pre-brining or pre-salting your pickle, um, generally you want to do that with vegetables that are higher in water content. So that's not that's something you do with, say, a cucumber, um, cucumber maybe like yeah. a radish, but not necessarily something like a carrot, right? Totally. There's no reason to do it with a carrot. You're not going to get any water out of it because there's not all that much in it to begin with. Precisely. Like a carrot is a carrot is so um, fibrous. Right. Starchy, fibrous, it's a, you know, root vegetables generally you just don't have to worry about pre-salting for the purpose of pickling at the very least. Um, But now we're getting into the fun part. Let's talk about aromatics since we're, we're, our primary concern here is producing a flavorful pickle and aromatics are going to be the most interesting way to impart flavor. So one thing I want to say is that when I started getting really into pickling for the first time, um, it's your natural inclination is going to be to go way overboard with like all kinds of flavors. Um, the first, the very <laughs> first thing I'm going to recommend is try one or two aromatics at a time. Don't throw like, don't be like, okay, I'm going to throw cloves and star anise. Uh, and then, you know, like a fistful of coriander seeds and a bunch of peppercorn. Like you're never, you're not going to be able you're to lose all of yeah, it. You're not going to be able to identify yeah, what's lose good and what's it. not. And on top of that, your pickle is probably just going to be like inedible because those are just really potent aromatics. And it's also probably just, um, it, it will almost be boring. When you add too much stuff, you get a monotone flavor. For sure, yeah. Right? And it just, it, if you're sharing your pickles with others, it just sort of like reeks of amateurism. Oh my God. I actually, you know, like a really simple way of thinking about it is like you, combl- you combine um, blue and yellow and you get green. Right. Right. But then if you start combining all the colors together, you're just going to get black. Well, technically you get white, but <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I get um, what you're saying. <laughs> but the thing is that, um, you know, you're just going to get one solid, uninteresting color um, rather than something where you can actually kind of, you know, what's fun about food is to be able to go, oh, I taste that coriander. Yes, totally. You know I mean? And it makes it fun for the people that you're cooking for, too, when they can... Food to me is like always been a participatory act. Even, you know, eating somebody else's food, you want to be able to say like, oh, I can identify this flavor. Like you did a really good job of bringing this to the front. And people aren't going to be able to say that about your food if you're just dumping a bunch of stuff into it. Um, uh, yeah, because people, you just won't be able to tell. So but let's yeah. talk about uh, the... So Jacob, what do you use? Well, I want to talk are, about... What are your go-to aromatics? The classic aromatics. Because um, this is actually really cool. I didn't know this until I started doing a little bit of research. But the classic aromatics that we think of, like mustard seed, garlic, cinnamon, and clove, all actually have really strong antimicrobial properties, which is why they are the classic aromatics. It's not just because they're delicious. Really? It's because they're, they were actually critical to the preservation of the food in a safe way. Wow. No way. So wait, wait, wait. Like, you mean like cinnamon, clove, Cinnamon, clove, and mustard seed, and garlic are like the big four uh, in terms of like having oh, strong wow. antimicrobial properties. So, yeah, Very I had no idea. I did not know that that was the case uh, until, like I said, I started doing research for this. But those are also I didn't know it. awesome. Like, they're just great. Any, yeah. any one of those is going to elevate your pickle. So the natural flavor of your, your brine is going to be like the static flavor of the base brine that we just talked about. Um, it's going to taste exactly like its core components. It's going to taste like vinegar. You know, you won't get – obviously, water doesn't really have a particularly strong flavor. But it's going to taste like sugar. <laughs> Um, that's not a yeah. bad thing. Sugary vinegars happens to that's be delicious. A, 
But it's like these, the best thing in the world. The <laughs> aromatics are what basis for all East Asian cooking. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sugary vinegar. <laughs> but you want to add uh, once you once you sort of master that you adding depth to the pickle is the next step. Um, so my my personal favorites. I actually just made a, a batch of red onion pickle today, um, and I used all I used was coriander seed and whole oregano. Um, and like, a, like I said, generally for aromatics, um, when you think of pickle aromatics, they're going to be, oh, and bay leaf, obviously. Um, when you think of, oh, bay leaf, bay leaf, just to say bay leaf is, um, I almost, bay leaf goes in almost every Same. pickle I yeah. make, except for like, there are like two things I don't put it in like bread and butter pickles yep, yep. and, uh, kosher dills. I don't because I want a lot of, dill yeah, anything that's anything you, a lot of dill and has garlic. like a very specific flavor profile that you're trying to capture. You want to avoid bay leaf, yeah. but like, yeah, those are, those are really, but if you're just trying, but if <laughs> exactly like literally the only two I could think of, but if you're trying to do like, um, if you're just trying to get a general groove and vibe from a particular pickle, like you're making a pickle and you want it to have some clove flavor, maybe a little allspice or something like that, right? Throw a bay leaf in there. It's, yep, it, totally. it adds so, it adds so much bottom to um, things when you're being creative. Ba- basically, bay leaf is one of the first places to start when you're being creative because it automatically imparts a really great base flavor. It's kind of like unctuous and sumptuous, you know. What yeah, I mean? it's like the salt of um, deep herbs, and earthy. Yeah, where it just bring it brings like all of the greatness out of everything that you're using to the forefront. It's a, it's like a support player, you know. It's, it's the MSG of herbs. Yeah, no nobody thinks <laughs> <laughs> nobody thinks of bay leaf as being the star. Bay leaf, forward, the but. MSG of herbs. <laughs> big big bay leaf companies are going to start calling me and being like, "We need Mark Quivola." <laughs> yeah, the, we need. This yeah, is why I started. This is man, why I started like, trading so that I could influence the market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buy and sell bay leaves all day, you know. Um. So my yeah, I just made a batch today with uh, whole oregano, um, bay leaf, and coriander seed, and it was just pickled red onion. But with that same base brine, uh, brought it to a boil. Um, added those ingredients. And the reason that you generally want to wait until your brine is hot to add your aromatics is the same reason that you want to wait for anything else um, to get hot to add your aromatics, which is uh, hot liquid draws the essential oils and the aromatics to the surface, and it makes their flavor more readily apparent. Um, And you don't want to put them in when it's cold and heated up because then you're basically steeping them and you're going to pull out some of the bitter flavors. Especially with something something like clove. um, yeah. think about like, think about the difference. Clove is perfect. An easy yeah. way to think about this is just like put, uh, if you've never done this before, put a bunch of clove in like a, you know, just boil some water with some cloves in it and then make tea with it. it it's not palatable, <laughs> but no, it's so bitter. Yeah. It's but so add, bitter. add the clove to your hot tea and it, it produces a much more nuanced, subtle, um, and appreciable flavor. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what about what about you? What are like some of your your classic? Because a lot of the the aromatics that I use, um, it's pickle specific. So for sweeter stuff, you're gonna want to use like I would play around with clove, with allspice, um, cinnamon. Uh, what's the other? Uh, I like mustard seeds with I like mustard seeds with sweet stuff because like when I think of mustard, I always think of mustard being combined with honey and i know that that's like wrong i mean i use mustard in a million different circumstances sure, yeah, but, but what i mean no, to say really is that like um mustard and sweet pair so inherently right for and sure so, yeah um with 
uh, salad dressing, right? So my go-to salad dressing is always just olive oil, lemon juice, um, mustard, and I can stop there. You know, salt and pepper. Yeah. But you can literally stop there, right? And sometimes I add shallot or garlic clove, right? But that's my go-to salad dressing because the combination of, um, oh, I'm sorry, lemon juice, olive oil, mustard, and honey. I misspoke. I meant to say honey. But the thing is that the combination of uh, mustard flavor and sweet is really complimentary. Um, because mustard seeds are a little bit spicy, but in a way that's not exactly spicy. They're more in the horseradishy category of it's spice. It's like a, it's a right? visceral spice, not like an overwhelming. It's like a spice that you you feel it in your chest, not on your tongue. Yeah, yeah, and in your nose, it's like oh, a, it's sure, not yeah. a capsaicin. It's not a capsaicin style mouth burning hot. It's in your nose and in your chest and in your lungs. Yeah, it's inv- so, it's invigorating. And so I think that that really works well when you have something that's sweet, because at least for me, I think that when things are sickly sweet, they get really uh, boring, mm-hmm. like really, really quickly. Yeah. Right. Like, and I, I, so, if I, if I make a batch chocolate. of pickles that's like I had a little too much clove or a little too much sugar, I'll eat maybe two or three of them and then dump the rest on my roommate's yeah. head. Like, <laughs> And I just say and I just end up not doing it. Yeah. Right. But so, um, like, how about this? I'll tell you um, a quick approach to uh, bread and butter pickles. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about uh, something more sour, like a regular cucumber pickle, because I'm going to make barbecue this weekend. So I'm going to make some bread and butter pickles. pickles You have to have good pickles. Got to have good bread and butter pickles. Yeah. And so the thing is, like we talked about earlier, so we've been talking about aromatics now, and something that is a big component of that same discussion is your decision on vinegar, right? So, apple cider vinegar, for example. Oh yeah, we haven't even talked has, about which. which yeah, like yeah we haven't even talked about the vinegars yet. Yeah. So the thing is, when we talked about vinegar earlier, when we we're talking about the ratios here of like one and a quarter vinegar to one part um, water, the vinegars—that's what you can change probably the most readily. You can have a really base recipe, or like you know this this ratio we're talking about, right? Yeah. And from that, if you just alone change the vinegar and don't change any aromatics, just put like, you know, a garlic clove and some black peppercorns in it, right? Like if you just change the vinegar, you're going to get completely different pickles all over the place, right? So the thing is that, you know, if you just use white vinegar, you're going to get a really bright, really acidic pickle. Yep. Okay. And that's my general so go-to, you're gonna get- if, especially if you're trying something new with aromatics. I would strongly recommend that you stick, really just for the first few times that you do this, I would just say use use that white vinegar. Um, it's going to give you and I think like that an that's, idea of what a base, yeah. like And particularly like. if you're trying to get like, um, get the flavor from like a good Jewish cucumber pickle. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're trying to get that, like, I, I and that I think is the first thing you should start with uh, because it's kind of the most straightforward. Uh, use the white vinegar because it's bright, it's acidic, it's really caustic, so it's going to get in there really quickly. Yep. And you're going to have a really good pickle with it within like either a few hours or overnight at most to have something really delightful. And so the thing is that the white vinegar is a great place to start, but then that's for your more caustic, acidic things, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, for example, like when you make, uh, Jacob was talking about making the uh, the red onion pickles. Right. Yeah. And doing the heating it all up. Okay. The other thing you can do, and well, this is really brief because it's kind of just straightforward, is that you can just like salt some onions, let them drain out a little bit of um, uh, 
a little bit of liquid. Okay, get get some water out of them. Yeah, and then just pour over vinegar. I mean, it actually is that simple as well. Oh, for sure. And yeah. If you just pour over room temperature vinegar on some pre-salted uh, red onions, for example, right? Within, I'm talking 15 minutes, you can pull them out and put them on a taco and it, you're going to have the effect of something uh, uh, like, you know, a more nuanced. Yeah, for more sure. We'll, we'll talk about like, uh, we'll talk about ways to impart flavor quickly, probably at like the very end, because it's something we can go over pretty fast. Yeah, totally. Because I want to so talk what about I'll say, batch cycling for a little bit too. But yeah, keep oh, going. okay. That's a, yeah. I, and I want you, I want you to talk about that because you know more about it, I think. But so the thing is that, um, what I can say is that if I'm making, I'll bring it back to the beginning. I want to talk about bread and butter pickles yeah, yeah, real yeah, quickly. Yeah. So bread and butter pickles, as opposed to what we just talked about, about like the Jewish dill as being really bright, really acidic, a bread and butter pickle, the American pickle, and in very much American style, like, yeah. you know, American South style, it's pretty sweet, right? So if you're making a bread and butter pickle and you're looking to make something sweeter, you might up the sugar a little bit in the parts because mm-hmm. that's the other idea. When you just when you follow the ratio the first few times, right, you're going to be making something that's really conventional pickle. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to want to variate from it just because, you know, like, hey, bread and butter pickles taste like candy. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah and totally. so, like, so you're going to you're like up it by, up it be by like, like well, a tablespoon. Yeah, exactly. And so up a little bit of sugar. Right. But the thing is that in uh, my bread and butter pickles, I follow exactly the ratio we talked about, but with just a little bit more sugar. Mm-hmm. Eyeball it. Do, do what you feel, what feels right. An extra like, you know, half a part, quarter part. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Uh, or like a tablespoon or, you know, whatever you want to say. But the thing is that um, you up the sugar a little bit. Keep the ratio of water to vinegar the same. But then switch the white vinegar for apple cider vinegar because apple cider vinegar is one of my new favorite ingredients. I mean it. I love this stuff. And I'm not like one of those freaks that thinks it's like super healthy. <laughs> if I just, if I I don't just follow, drink a like, whole bottle of, of apple trends. cider vinegar every week, then I'll, yeah, I'll be exactly. a living guy. Like, I have n- and, it, and it's like every other week somebody tells you that that's the thing when really all you have to do is eat like, you know eat like a little bit of rice some vegetables and chicken and yeah and <laughs> the, the like, same you know, people that are telling yeah, just, you that like you know turmeric cures cancer and crystals will heal it's like just headache. like doesn't yeah <laughs> just like doesn't <laughs> it just like really doesn't but so the thing is that um apple cider vinegar vinegar though i think is really complicated i think it's got so much flavor going on um and it really when you sweeten it a little bit the apple flavor comes out and I know that's bizarre, but if you like really, if you sweeten some apple cider vinegar and you, you close your eyes, and you, think, you can start tasting apple, dude. If it's good apple cider vinegar, seriously. Yeah, well, like, I'm, I'm actually going to have to try that. I've, I've honestly yeah. never not, I cannot think of a single time that I've experimented with apple cider vinegar in making pickles. So, and, and the thing is that, uh, I got, I think that it's just really delicious. It's something that I didn't do before until I like recently I'm really into barbecue. So I've been, I've made barbecue a few times in the past uh, month or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always have some bread and butter pickles around uh, in order to eat with the barbecue. Right. And that calls for apple cider vinegar and that just piqued my interest in it in general i just love that stuff dude it's delicious and if you get good stuff you can really you get almost like apple skin flavor like like pit, apple pith right on the outside yeah no i know exactly it's what really you mean. delicious it's really really good but so the thing is that um bread and butter pickles up the sugar change out for apple cider vinegar 
take cucumbers, red onions, some mustard seeds, okay? Uh-huh. Some black peppercorns, maybe a couple coriander seeds. Just throw them in a jar. Let them sit. Like, you know, put, do the hot method. Pour it over. Let it sit until it's cool. And they will be absolutely blow your mind delicious. I That is my, actually, honestly, that is my, What I need you to do, is actually, my, is you need to make those and then take a picture so we can put it on the Instagram with a... I will, actually. Well, I'm going to because, like I said, I'm making barbecue this weekend. So I'm going to make a... Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, please, do, dude. Please, please, please send me pictures. Yeah, I definitely will. And we'll post them to the Instagram. Um, and so we'll post uh, pictures of the pickles and the barbecue and stuff like that. But... Um, bird and butter pickles became this whole thing for me. I think it's delicious. I, it's my favorite quick pickle, my favorite cooked pickle because, um, with, with brighter, more acidic things, I like to develop a little funk, right? Mm -hmm. And that takes time as opposed to wanting to be able to get something that I can eat that day. Yeah. That's fucking delicious is bread and butter pickles that I can say. Did you just rhyme? (laughs) (laughs) let's not let's not Uh, (laughs) i don't think we should no i don't have any more on the topic of (laughs) uh like using different vinegars too i kind of want to talk very briefly because i don't it's a little bit more these are a little bit more like of a a complex um not quite a beginner pickle but i do want to talk very briefly about like black vinegars and how you can get since we're going to be talking about fermented like fermentation uh especially like lactobacillus fermented pickles next week um, I want to talk very briefly about how to get those kind of fermenty flavors without actually having to ferment anything. Um, so have you ever experimented with like a chiang vinegar or like using soy sauce in your pickles? Um, so I can tell you that I've used, I mean, I've made, uh, my own quick kimchi, right. Which we'll talk about next yeah. week. Cause like, cause like actually we'll definitely talk about that next week. Talk about like fermentation and, uh, you know, even quick kimchi. Yeah. But so I've used like soy sauce and fish sauce and that kind of stuff in it. I have never used, uh, East Asian dark vinegars. Okay. Ever. So what I like to do with those, those are generally, so I'll use it for pickling something like, uh, you, uh, you, you get like dried mushrooms, like, um, say like dried porcini or, you know, dried, um, shiitake mushrooms from your local Asian grocer. Um, you reconstitute them in hot water. So you're, you're removing the need for like a a hot element because they're going to be like, you're you're just reconstituting them, uh, naturally. Then you cut them up uh, after you remove them from that water. And just like you were saying, add room temperature, chiangkang vinegar, uh, soy sauce, a little bit of sugar, sesame seed, um, maybe mirin or like some kind of rice vinegar just to brighten it up a little bit. And you get a very deep, like complex, deeply umami pickle. Um, but it doesn't take any time at all. So you get these really rich, fermenty, funky flavors that you're talking about that, that usually take a lot of time. Um, for sure. And because a lot of those products are already fermented, you just get those flavors in there immediately. That makes, that that makes perfect sense. And they're really, they're really fun to do because they like, uh, they're, it, it's, it's actually, they're very easy to prepare. Um, but they look like very complex and they look like they've taken a lot of time and effort. So if you're trying to, you know, impress people at a dinner party, um, throw some oh, that's of those the out best there. stuff yeah. though. Those are my favorite things. Oh, it's like, those it's are my like favorite cheating, things. Yeah. yeah, it's the best. It's the best. And so wait, what kind of, like, what was the name of the vinegar that you were talking Chiang about? What's the name vinegar of it? is, uh, you, you can find it pretty much in any Asian grocery store. It's like, uh, the kind that I get, I don't remember the name of the brand, but it's got a big, r- is it Korean? No, it's Chinese. 
Oh, it's yeah, Chinese. Yeah, and it, okay. it's got a big red label on it, and a, it is straight up black vinegar. Wow. Okay, I, I'm going to have to get my hands on some. I just found a good Asian market, so I got to go take advantage of that and go get and some. Let's, well, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, though. it's it's super fun to do, and they're super delicious. And while we're on the, the topic of Asian pickles, let's talk very briefly about um, like how rice vinegar and white vinegar differ, especially when you're uh, talking about pickling. Because I, like, I think that like a cucumber pickle or, you know, say a daikon or carrot pickle, I think that those, um, obviously cucumber you can kind of do anything with, but especially carrot and daikon, I think they take much better to a lighter-bodied vinegar, especially like rice vinegar, yeah. um, just because the, the mm-hmm. flavors naturally, because they're so starchy, um, having that lighter-bodied vinegar complements it very nicely because the vinegar is going to have body. The brine's going to have body anyway from the starch in the vegetable. For sure. Absolutely. And then on top, but on top of that also like rice wine, uh, like rice vinegar, rice wine vinegar is, um, I always find it. It's that carries a little bit of funk on its own because it's, because it comes from rice. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a little bit more funk rather than just acid. Right. Um, so that's one thing I can say. Uh, I'll also say that it is less acidic. Yeah, for sure. Totally. So the thing is that um, when you're doing something, if you're if you're trying to do anything in those kind of East Asian flavor profiles, I think it's almost necessary to do the pickling with at least some rice wine vinegar. Right. Yeah, because I absolutely agree. How about this? It, it's it's incredible how often when I'm cooking um, East Asian food, right, East Asian food in particular. Right. So um, uh, Korean food, Japanese food and Chinese food. Mm-hmm. OK. How often I will look something up, figure out what's in a particular dish and realize that it's three things that I've had a million times. Right. And that like on their own and that the combination creates something outrageous. Yeah. That triggers that thought in my head of I've had this a million times. And you've just never even thought of like putting them together in this way or like. uh... So I got the gold mountain seasoning sauce. That stuff that is major technology. technology. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I don't know how to put it, dude, that stuff. I don't know where from. But I have an incredibly deeply ingrained food memory of that flavor, and I cannot place where. Well, and so me, that's a like, great example. For me, it's yeah. like the every every time that I ate like delicious, you know, like in retrospect, like terrible but delicious Chinese food. That's like yeah. that sugary like soy sauce, like syrupy sweet flavor that you get with yeah. like you know crappy like uh, quote unquote barbecue pork. Like that's what, yeah that's yeah what totally like me. that's yeah. just like oh my god I loved that food so much as a kid oh my god dude bourbon chicken. yeah yeah there it like, is no, <laughs> I like could not remember yeah, dude. it's all about it's all about the it's all about the uh, East Asian uh, Cajun and Creole combination restaurants on the Gulf Coast and in Tampa yeah. that's that's the stuff that matters the most but um, yeah so those flavors though like one of the things that people don't even recognize that they're very familiar with is the flavor of rice vinegar. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so the, th- and so when you're trying to emulate those flavors that you've had before at a Korean joint or a Chinese joint or a Japanese restaurant or something like that. Right. Um, if you're trying to replicate those flavors, a really easy place to start in the pickling process is to begin with rice wine vinegar because you have been exposed to it a million times. And whether you've used it or not in the past, it's it's a mainstay 
of cooking those kinds of foods. Yeah, right? absolutely. And also, and I mean, it also goes to like, you know, it, it goes down also into Southeast Asia, right? In Vietnam, you get it. Um, uh, not as much in Thailand and stuff like that. But uh, the thing is that if you're trying to emulate those flavors, you got to really start with rice wine vinegar in many ways. And it's lower acidity. So the thing is that like you're going to end up with it's a good thing to sweeten. Right. Because that's why sushi rice is so right. delicious. Salty, sugary, rice wine vinegary uh, rice. So the thing is that like it's a good thing to sweeten and do with daikon and carrot and, you know, coriander leaves and stuff. Yeah, like completely. That, you know? Yeah, that. And yeah. Oh, really quick before we I think we should probably start coming to a close soon here. I think I dude, we're you know what's great? We're actually doing great on time. Yeah, we're like we're just <laughs> under. An I'm, hour, I would I be I would be perfectly happy to end very soon so that we're just outside of an hour. Yeah, be perfect. So really briefly, I want to talk about using um, fresh herbs. You have to be a lot of the aromatics that we talked about are already dried. They're right. They already have like kind of a naturally preserved quality, uh, with the exception of garlic. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, using fresh mm-hmm. herbs in your pickle is fine but you have to add it really once your brine is cooled and you're not going to add so like cilantro for instance you can't add that to your while you're cooking the pickle it's just going to disintegrate and like you're going to have this like nasty shredded leaf that it's not going to it's not going to put it's not going to add any flavor that you want to your brine it's going to have that like the cilantro soapiness that people talk about that's all it's going to bring to the table so you want to add any fresh herbs yeah and this is the same as like and this is the same as adding the aromatics at the end of bringing it to a boil. Right. This is why the same reason you don't steep clove in your uh, in your brine solution while you're bringing it to a boil is the same reason that you're not going to put uh, cilantro or parsley or something or mint, like that. Well, yeah. parsley stands up to it, but like you know, like a mint dill, is too delicate. Right. Yeah, you don't want to put dill will just yeah, shred dude. up immediately, and you'll have those like weird you, little. You tendrils. want it to cool down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but that's all. I mean, I think that was worth saying, but I don't think we need to talk about it any more than that. I think that that was perfectly worth saying because that's a totally yeah. good point. So, if you're trying to make dill pickles, like you know, kosher dill pickles, <laughs> don't add dill. Wait while until it's it boiling. cools down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just wait for it to cool down at least to like you know just warm or room temperature, right? That kind of range, and then you can add the dill, close it up, and put it in the fridge, and then it'll impart the flavors that you want. Um, and then really quick, I wanted to talk about, uh, we, we said that we would talk about um, ways to impart flavor really quickly. And I wanted to talk very briefly about batch cycling. Um, it's a little bit mm-hmm. more technical than a normal quick pickle, but it's not particularly difficult. Um, and this is actually how I learned how to make quick pickles. So say you have your, your standard red onion pickle. Um, you know how when you pickle red onion, you get that brilliant like pink color out of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... What I, what I used to do, um, especially, and this is especially useful if you want to impart flavor very quickly, you bring your brine to a boil, right? You have your aromatics in there, and then you actually add the raw vegetable to the brine, and it's the same basic principle as blanching. You add it to the, you add it to the brine, you pull it out almost immediately within like 10, 20 seconds, um, and what that does is it starts the cooking process, so you're preserving the crunch of the pickle, um, and then you dry it off, you add your next, so say you have a pound of uh, red onion, you're going to add a third at a time, um, and then you're going to do it one more time. So you add a third to the boiling brine, wait 10, 15, 20 seconds, pull it out, dry it off, add the next third, rinse, repeat, do that two times for each third. Um, and what you have yeah. is the, because it's already been exposed to the essential oils and uh, the brine, 
um, it already the pickle itself already has a very strong flavor uh, without ever having sat in the brine. So it's really useful for if you want to wow. impart flavor very quickly to your pickle. Um, and it's also really useful if you want to – so like serving pickles that night, that's the best way to do it. Um, if you like, wow, that's dude, that's just, that's just this side of genius, isn't it? That's amazing. That's a great idea. I did not know about that. I legit, that's like completely new. Oh really? And that's like, makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's super useful. Super useful. So you just like, so you just like put it through the boiling brine twice. Yep. Right. Exactly. And you're, you're exposing it to just enough heat to where it's cooked and and still crunchy, but also still has all those big flavors. Um, and you never and exactly, have to, you because, never have to steep it in the brine. You can just serve it right away. Totally. And on top of that, um, the way I was talking about earlier, how you can just salt some onions and throw vinegar on it and you're going to have like a tasty quick pickle, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it, in 15 minutes, the issue with that way is that you can't impart flavor from any aromatics. Right. It's right? just cause you're, you're not steeping it long enough. You know, it's the same basic principle as. You have, you know, exactly. a cup of tea. If you just dip a tea bag in there, it's not going to taste like tea. And it also wouldn't get warm. Right. Even if you let like the clove sit around with, you know, you put a clove in room temperature vinegar with some onions. The onions aren't going to taste all that much of clove because it wasn't warm at right, any point. At any point. And didn't express the essential, the essential yeah. oils. Right. But the thing is that through your system, which is genius, the idea is that because the aromatics are added once it's boiling, right, what's going on is that they are beginning to impart flavor to the brine. And if you move relatively quickly, right, which you're saying because it's only like 10 or 15 seconds, you're not going to overcook the aromatics and get the bitter flavor. Correct. All it's going to do is because you're just dropping them in that hot stuff, you're going to impart those aromatic flavors, the good parts of it that are being expressed in the first five minutes or, you know, under like the first like two minutes. Right. Yep. are going to get imparted to the red onions. That's fucking brilliant. Makes perfect sense. I had never heard of that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I think. I, I definitely didn't invent it. Um, <laughs> the, like, there's, I, there's sure, no way uh, I just came up with that. Uh, uh, Jacob, I'm sure you <laughs> <Yeah>. didn't invent it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it might be something that. I no, that's up amazing. That's a great. But yeah, it's it's an unbelievably useful technique if you want to just impart flavor very quickly uh, to your pickle. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that tomorrow, dude. That's amazing. That's cool. Perfect. Well, awesome. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you came away with something. I feel like we both learned things. Oh yeah, I learn something almost every time. Um, and then the very last thing that I want to say before we sign off is that uh, you can use the really cool thing about pickles is that you're it encourages you to use um, even parts of the vegetable that you may not have previously considered or. Um, I, I just find that pickles reduce food waste. You know, you have like a, say you've got an onion that you've just left sitting around for a while and it's like, uh, I don't necessarily want to like yeah. cook with this, but it's not like bad or anything. You know, it's just been there. Make a pickle with it. Yeah. Um, and then the, the other thing that I wanted to say is the, the brine can be used. If you, when you have a, when you make a really good batch of pickles, don't just dump the brine down the drain. Use it when you cook. Reuse anything it. That you, anything that you add vinegar to use the brine instead oh my god uh, dude it makes such a difference and you keep you keep layering it my dad we're gonna talk about this more next week when we talk about anaerobic fermentation my dad has a jar 
of preserved lemons that he has used the same juice to make jars of preserved lemons with for two years. Oh yeah, I mean it's like it's like making a it's like no, making but, a sourdough starter. You just it never ends. It's like making a starter, dude. It's like a pet. It's, yeah, d- dude. I don't know how to put it. My dad's preserved lemons are beyond anything I've tasted anywhere. I make preserved lemons all the time, and my dad's are always so much better because he's been using the same brine for two years. That is just outrageously flavorful yeah, so yeah reuse same, your pickle brine. same principle apply yeah just one of the things that i really want to uh you know it's not like i wouldn't say it's like one of the <laughs> the basic themes of our podcast but i think it should be um mm-hmm. is just reducing food waste in general using everything that you have oh we should that should be that's the that's the theme of every that should be the theme of every cook is to not waste food yeah you just want to use every every part of the vegetable you respect every part of the animal <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and we're no, but like actually a really good thing. Oh, oh my god! On that note, just real quick, like I'll tell you what, dude. Broccoli stems, okay? Yeah. They have a really tough outer skin, okay? So you want to like you know that's like cut the perfect off legitimate. Example. This is the perfect example. Yeah, I already love this. Uh, like cut off like a centimeter, uh, like a full centimeter. Like you, you, you know, you're using what you would normally waste, yeah. so it's okay to waste the skin. The skin sucks. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, peel it, cut, chop off the skin. Yeah, okay? think of like the core. What you're left with, what you're left, like the core of your broccoli stem is perfect for pickling. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's it's so And then good. on top of that, it's also like the best crudite, uh, crudite ever. Yeah, it's, it's got that like, super dense, it. like just. Olive oil and salt. Yeah. That's it's got all a, you it's need for that stuff. It's such an unbelievable it's, bite if you just, you know, blanch it and put it it's in It's amazing. It's so good. It's amazing. So, just for example, a great way, as Jacob was saying, to avoid the food waste is to pickle it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I think we we covered probably just about everything that we wanted to talk about. I'm I'm pretty yeah, happy. No, with how this this yeah, no, this one's great. This is perfect. I, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, dude. <laughs> yeah, you did great. Um, you did great, dude. We're doing great out the there, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're speaking truth to power and that's what matters <laughs> yeah exactly big pickle yeah. <laughs> we're, we're trying to take them down <laughs> so uh until next time this has been not a recipe uh you can find us we now have an instagram uh we are at uh i don't know the the at symbol uh not <laughs> underscore a underscore recipe on instagram i don't know what the hell that thing's called man uh, <laughs> dude i don't even know either we'll figure it out it'll be in the show notes i don't even know how we're getting this to you but when you get it you'll know you'll know, you'll know. it'll hit you like a you'll bag know. of bricks uh i am jacob lively and uh i'm, I'm mark Quivela. yes and this has been not a recipe thank you for listening have a great day peace thank you oh.